Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right! And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it! And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. And I'm not even sure where we start this week, but <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out and make the most of it. Texas gets a 69-31 win on the road against Kansas State, but that story is secondary. We've got Texas dealing with COVID issues. That seems secondary to the big story, which is apparently, <laughs> Longhorn fans, as we sit here right now, you probably need to let the idea of Urban Meyer leading this football program go We'll get to that and a lot more on the latest edition of the show. So let's not waste any time and get right into it. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst here on Longhorn Blitz and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Not too shabby. And the third member of our team, he is our lockdown corner on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos. And he with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, as always, brother. And before we get going, let me remind everybody, you can get Longhorn Blitz anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Horns 24-7 Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Search Horns 24-7 Podcast to get every episode of the flagship State of Recruiting and Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. So, gentlemen, where do we want to start? We want to start with Urban Meyer. We want to start with COVID. We want to start with the game. Where Where do we want to go this week? Huh? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, us. we got to hit all of them. I think you should – let's start with the macro. I think you start with Urban and we'll work our way to the okay. game. Okay. So we reported at Horns 24-7 yeah. Sunday night that uh, citing health reasons, mm. uh, Urban Meyer has indicated to Texas officials that he is not interested in getting back into coaching. Rod, I see you're shaking your head and I haven't even <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> no, continue. Yeah. Uh, this is a Chip Brown's write-up over on the site. I'm sure I'll, everybody listening to this at this point has read it. Uh, the possibility of three-time national championship coach Urban Meyer ending up at Texas appears to have come to an end after Meyer indicated to Texas he's leaning toward not coaching again due to health reasons, a university source told Horns 24-7. Uh, the quote, there was an opportunity here too good to not pursue Urban, the university source said. Uh, if he's a definite no, we just need to step back and assess. So we had a pretty lengthy conversation last week on the show about Urban Meyer taking this job mm-hmm. and if he didn't take it, what it means for this program. Right, I think from that standpoint, Matt, I don't know where you stand. I'm kind of in the same boat I was last week. Uh, I'm more of 
let's see if he gets back into coaching at some point because I think if he does, that yeah. tells you everything you need to know about how Urban Meyer felt about the Texas job. Now, if, if Urban Meyer really is done coaching, and I do believe it, it was a situation considering, you know, the arachnoid cyst everybody knows he's dealing with and just the fact that he notor- notoriously burns himself out. Oh, yeah, he was about I, to kill over in the Ohio, mm-hmm. at Ohio State against Maryland. That was I, scary watching it as a fan. I was like, I remember texting people mm-hmm. and like, this isn't good. He needs to get off the field. I think this was a case of Urban Meyer wants to coach again, and I think that was that, judge, that balancing act of I want to coach again. Is it in my best interest and in my long-term health to coach again? So that remains to be seen. Maybe that's not the case, but let's assume, Rod, for a second. Yeah. Well, let's assume the other thing. Let's assume the Texas job just didn't appeal to Urban Meyer. Do you think that's the case, Rod? No, because there are reports. Like I said, we don't we don't know. Everybody had a report last week, right? So, but the, so I'll just say there are reports. Uh, Brian Broaddus being one of them that he was, and, I, and and Brian Broaddus said that he was actually hearing that Urban Meyer was trying to assemble a coaching staff or reaching out to coaches to uh, try to figure out uh, what would the interest be, gauging the interest of people who would want to join him at Texas. So I do think at one point, if some of that is true, that he did go down a road of you know hypothesizing and you know potentially mulling over uh, the decision of going to Texas. And maybe in the end, the health, of course, which was, I think, the number one factor, and everybody's talked about that for years. Um, but the fact that he thought about it, and it wasn't an instant no to me means, yeah, of course he seriously considered it. But for his own health reasons, uh, he decided not to pursue the job. I don't think, uh, you know, the, I know the reports about staffs. I don't know that it was necessarily coaches. I think one of the things, and, and we won't know this until one of these guys goes on the record about mm-hmm. it, which I don't know that they ever will. Yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with that, that core four group of guys he's always had with them that are at Ohio State now in strength conditioning, player personnel, player Support development. Staff. Uh, you know, Brian Voltolini, Mickey Mariotti, Mark Pantione, and Ryan Stamper are the four guys that have been with Urban at both stops. Uh, maybe it could have been a case, Rod, where those guys are just happy at Ohio State. They don't have any interest in leaving Ohio State because Ryan Day's got that thing rolling, and with the way they're recruiting, it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. If you want to kind of get into the muck of, well, maybe Urban Meyer wants another job, I mean – there is a possibility that Brian Kelly takes an NFL job because it seems like every time the NFL coaching carousel gets started, his name comes up. I've heard that. And That's supposedly, along yeah. with Ohio State, Notre Dame was one of Urban Meyer's dream jobs. And, That's true. And there's never been a better time, Rod, in his career when you look at the roster and the infrastructure to take the Notre Dame job than right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. If Brian Kelly's going to leave him, Brian I Kelly's, don't think he's going to leave. He's, he's, he's been there a long anyone. time, man. Well, and he's, he's sort of a, he's a fit for the college type situation where he likes getting – he's like, I want to recruit a lot of linemen and tight ends, and we're going to just go dominate because yeah. we get 85 scholarships and we're Notre Dame. And he's more of the personality, the way Saban works really well in college and maybe not as much in the pros. So I could just see Kelly's preferences seem to be he likes where he's at. Could be, but he I could know. want to go too. I think some NFL teams will probably reach out to him. They probably should, and no, no, it got to be perfect situation. You're right, Matt. I mean, if it's the right situation, he'd leave. But I can't think of an NFL situation at the perfect situation for Brian. And Kelly. even if it's the perfect situation for Urban, you know, like that would be telling to Texas if, say, that were to happen down the road. Right. But it's also understandable, being that it's his dream job. I don't think he'll come back. 
I think he's done. Yeah, you I did. So? No, I do too. I think he's done now. I think I, I, I really do, and because this Texas job is is primed for him to take over, and you know, essentially cement his legacy as the goat. I mean, if he could win three national titles at three different programs, nobody's ever do done that. Yeah, he'd be the first to do it. Right now, it's just him and Saban who've done it at two different programs. So, I, I think I think he might be done. I think literally that cyst on his brain. I mean, I think it's a real deal. I mean, trust me, I know all about that kind of stuff. I got a growth on my brain. I had epilepsy while I played. I stopped playing football and I stopped having seizures. So it's, trust me, you make your determination on what you're willing to risk for what you love and what you want to do. Um, so I, I understand why Urban Meyer is deciding to do that. And honestly, and, and I've talked to guys who've made this transition, man, it's a, when you get that actual six to eight hour job that can pay you, I don't know. For him, it's probably what Fox paid him two million dollars or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if it will be that much, but he's he's not he's not hurting. You turn money. off the clock and you go home. Yeah, he's easily yeah. making a million, and now mm-hmm. he's probably gonna get paid more. He's definitely gonna get a raise now. He probably got a raise. It's probably might have been part of the whole damn thing. Might have been like John Gruden in Texas mm-hmm. to <laughs> try to get himself a raise, which happens a lot. So I, I think that lifestyle being of being able to be around what you love and involved in it, but not have to literally sacrifice years and quarterly of your life to do so, it appeals to him. Um, and you know he's probably enjoying his life now. If he comes back to take the Notre Dame job or the USC job. USC's winning too, so I think USC's going to be okay. Then, then we got to worry about the brand of Texas. Then we got to worry about the fact that he's not. He just wasn't that into you. You just you're not as sexy as you think you are, but I do think Texas is primed for a a comeback. But we, you got to find the right guy, as we know, and we don't know if Tom Harmon's the right guy. We just don't know. Yeah, I I just thought about lulls in the program's history, and this is something that kind of always is in the back of my mind, thinking about okay, when's this going to end? When does history tell you it's going to end? Usually, it's just with hiring the right guy because. Mm-hmm. The first lull, if you, if you trace it back to when it fell off under Fred Akers, it was an 84 season where Texas is number one in the country. They have the the tie with Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where so Oklahoma fans will still swear that was an interception in Texas. Mm-hmm. Jeff Ward shouldn't have had an opportunity to kick a field goal and maybe the worst weather game in the history of that rivalry, <laughs> but I digress. But they, they end that season 7-4-1. They get blown out in the Freedom Bowl uh, by Iowa, and that kind of starts the, the downfall yeah. under Fred Akers. And if you look at that, so technically that starts with the 85 season, and it, Mac Brown didn't get hired until 1998, so 97 Makovics last year. So you're looking at 15 sort of, years almost? Yeah. And, wow. and we're, we're on year 11 <laughs> of this now. Yeah. So we're, history tells you we're, we're getting to the cycling the, out of it. We're getting we're to close. the end of the cycle, probably. Hmm. Um, it's just one of those deals, and we'll talk about this in a minute, whether. Anybody has any confidence that Tom Herman can be the head coach to lead Texas out of that cycle? I think I know what the three of us, what the answer to that question will be. But when you look at this situation now, Rod, Urban Meyer off the table. Off the table. This is big for Chris Del Conte because now you have to really – we knew we knew Chris Del Conte and the money guys at Texas were very much on the same page when it came to Urban Meyer. Yeah. Like, look, if this can happen, the money's there. Money's not going to be a problem. And trust me, money was not a factor. And Urban Meyer did, isn't taking the Texas job because Texas wasn't paying him enough money. That that wasn't no. going to be. No. I don't think issue. nobody reported that. No. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in a long time. N- now the challenge is is there a candidate 
a gettable candidate. Because, look, you can call Dabo Swinney. You can probably call Brian Kelly. Call him. Yeah, go call Dan Mullen. Call go, Lincoln Riley if you want to. Go, go call Go call Matt Rule. See if one year in the NFL is enough for him. Yeah, go call him. Which, I mean, honestly, Rod, that would be, if, if I was an AD, that would be my first call. Probably would be to Matt Rule. Say, He's hey, not coming back. Any, to... any chance you want to get back into college football? No, not right now. No, no. You That's... hit him at, if he had failed at the NFL and it was year four or five, you might get him. But so, not right Not his first thing. But I think he'll have success by then. That's the phone call you make and hope nobody finds out about. Like, yeah, I'm going to make this phone call knowing he's going to say no. But, you know, i gotta got to make. And you know what? Also, I love calling football guys because they'll give you a nugget. You know, that's why call those guys. I mean, I know it's crazy. Call Urban Meyer and sit down like, Urban, who you who you like? Who? I mean, seriously, just ask him. I mean, he's a football guy. I mean, he's look. You know, he's a. And by the way, he's. Yeah, you, by the way, he's great at hiring coaches. Yes. One of the things, he's, he's great at hiring coaches. Through everywhere he's been, he's been really good at hiring coaches. Go, well, you, when you're sitting down asking this guy if he wants a sexy job and he tells you no, your next follow-up should be, so who do you like? Who do you like? You're in my position right now. Who do you think is a good candidate to turn around the program? Keep Keep asking, and you might start getting from these really good football minds the same name. You're like, they, damn! They if everybody's giving, yeah, they are. If they're all giving you Matt Campbell, be like, man, I need to seriously consider Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell from all these guys. Matt Rudin told me Matt Campbell, and it, you know what I mean? Lincoln Riley said, man, you need to go with Matt Campbell. Urban Meyer said, it. okay, you know what? Damn it! All right, let's, let's go back to Matt Campbell's guys. Let's just give it. Let's just go. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what you do in football circles. You just you ask football guys' opinion. So I honestly, I think that's part of the process. So I'm I'm with you. I would like him to go ask everybody. Go ask Shano. And if oh, Shano tells you, hire Robert Sala. I'll go, damn it. All right. Shano. Let's look into it. You know what I mean? Like, and then keep keep doing that. Just keep asking yeah. these real, the, the best coaches in the in football. Give them a call and make them the ridiculous offer. They're going to laugh at it. You're going to joke. You're going to have a little, you know, a little back and forth. And you're going to go, hey, man, who do, who do you like? Who do you like? Just I give me a, just say, between me and you. It's off the record. Off the record. Me and you. Who do you like? <laughs> and then they'll tell you. That's how football guys work. That, yeah. I've talked to the Shanahan's, and I've talked to those guys before. They'll, they'll give you a name because they like talking ball. Exactly. And, and they want, you know what I mean? They want, the, and they want one day to be able to ask you a favor. Mm-hmm. They don't know where life's going to bring them. Trust me, as a coach, man, sometimes you end up on top of the world, ask Tom Herman, and then you look up one day and you're like, damn, how did I end up here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's like that Paul Rudd gift. It's like where he's open bottle. Mm-hmm. He's like, how do hey. Hey, you thought we'd ever be here? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that for, for Chris Del Conte, it should be an experience for you. Start reaching out, making these connections. You're going to need these connections one day. Why not make them? This is an excuse for you to go call Bill Belichick for some random reason. Hey, Bill Belichick. Hey, what's going on, man? Chris Del Conte. Hey, man, I just need three minutes of your time. Listen, uh, you got any names? I mean, just, I mean, this is when you do that. You're at the University of Texas. AD, looking for a coach. People will take your call. You don't think they want to, you owing them a favor? They want you to owe them a favor. They would love that. <laughs> to your point, Rod, about, about Urban Meyer being able to evaluate coach as well. I it's found amazing. this fascinating. Just kind of, I didn't do a deep, deep dive, but just kind of did some background on Urban Meyer. You realize when he took, so Utah, now it's a Power 5 job. It wasn't a Power 5 job when he took it. So the three Power 5 jobs Urban Meyer took were Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. You realize he retained the defensive coordinator that was there every time. Like he wouldn't evaluate and said, "No, no, no." Kyle Whittingham knows what he's doing. Yeah, we'll keep him as my DC. Pretty good. Players really like Charlie Strong, and, and he knows what he's doing. I'm going to keep him. And that was a big deal. Then. Luke Fickle was the yeah. interim interim head coach last year. He's yeah. an Ohio State guy. I'm, I'm Luke Fickle's a good football coach. I'm going to keep him. 
That's mm-hmm. a, that's great. And he would have done it at Texas. And he would have done it at Texas. Because he knows, he obviously knows Chris Hatch. He's called Chris Hatch the best offseason coordinator hire anybody made. Exactly. What Whereas I mean. what I didn't like when Tom Herman got the Texas job, there were some good coaches on Charlie Strong's staff. Oh, it was, yeah. You'd, you'd have done yourself a lot of favors keeping Jeff Trailer on staff. Mm-hmm. If that was a good coach. In terms of D-line coaches, your players really like Brick Haley. Yeah. And from what I understand, there wasn't really an air quotes interview process when that oh, transition really? was made. He didn't yeah, vet was, those guys. It was more mm-hmm. of a conversation. Thank you for your service. Here's a box. Go clean out your office kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Well, which is, some coaches do that. Some coaches yeah, do that. sweet stats. when they come through. But as you said, Urban Meyer does it a little dip differently. You know, and you <laughs> should be, if you do it your way, then you should probably be right or you're going to yeah. have to deal with the ramifications, which he's had to. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. When mm-hmm. you're CDC, if you're still at the process, hey, call call Belichick and ask about Josh McDaniels out of respect, and then as and then he's gonna say no. When Josh, and then say, hey, Belichick, who, who who do you like? I mean, you you, you know, this guy Belichick pays attention to high school coaching. Oh yeah, he just loves football. Coaching Arkansas that never punts. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy that runs. But the, never uh, punts yeah. has won like three state titles. Mm-hmm. Dude, remember Belichick? They text. Belichick loves talking ball, dude. He's a he's a historian about football. Loves it. Go ask that guy. Can I uh, hey, can I talk to Josh McDaniels? And then he'll probably say yeah. And Josh McDaniels will turn you down. But then when in the press in the process of the conversation, ask him say, hey, who who do you like? I mean, you've been watching ball. Who do you think's a really good coach out there? And keep doing that. Yes. Go to Pete Carroll and ask. I mean, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. This is what this process is. And you're supposed, by the way, this process. Well, supposed to be happy. The fact that the Urban Meyer process took so long is an indictment on Con- Del Conte. Del Conte. Yes. Like, what the hell, man? This thing still started back when they were losing to Oklahoma. Yep. Like, you should have been able to get the yes, no, the firm back then. I agree. And if he told you no back then, then we should be way ahead. Well, you could get ahead in of the, the fan base in the secondary process. Yeah, and you and we let you let the narrative get way out oh, of control. Oh no, yeah, for sure, exactly. You should have been 100%. able to squash that and been able to support your coach. At one point, people go, "Well, he is supporting his coach, so I don't know if it's a guarantee." I think if Tom Herman just performs admirably, Tom Herman down the way was up, crazy. He's yeah. like, "No, I was I talking with Chris so this weekend." It, it, Chris Conti has. Let's, let's be honest. He has screwed the pooch on this one unless he comes to save the day and he ends up getting a home run hire. And the truth is, after you've dangled the goat in front of everybody, nobody's a home run hire. Nope. Yeah, I got to give it to you. Unless you're hiring Shano, which you're not going to get. Nobody, John Harbaugh, which you're probably not going to get. Nope. Nobody now is a home run hire. That's why you let the narrative get out of control. You should have at one point came and supported your coach yep. at least one time. Went out there, patted him on the back in front of everybody and said, hey, man, this guy's winning games over here. Y'all need to shut the narrative up, man. This is university. This is our head coach. We'll Just talk one thing. One little foul support and you'd have been fine. But no, you didn't do anything. So everybody assumed, okay. <laughs> he's done. He's yeah. a, he's a, he, There's he's, no public endorsement. Yeah, this guy, he's a, he's, he's a lame duck coach. Done. So the recruits think that. The yep. boosters and the donors now, you've convinced them that we're moving on too. So I guarantee you they're not going to be happy. No. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand who is running the public relations around there. And if it's you, CDC, then you mess this one up. Yes, and I, I love you. Well, I love you. I'm not saying you, you need to be fired because, no, no, but you mess this one up. You should learn from history. Save it. Go study it. Yes. We did this yes. already. You know what I mean? People do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, you didn't study the recent history of Texas? You didn't go ask about how that went down? Yes. And we've talked about the same situation, <laughs> that there's a thing here in the the constant's always Texas and Texas's situation. And we've had a lot of people show up here and say they get it, but then not necessarily get it because 
it can grow so fast, so detach fast. from everybody else. And everybody's like, well, I just was going to be a football coach. Well, I'm just, I mean, we're in the season. I'm an AD. And like when you look at it overall between the two, a guy like Del Conte could have either got in front of it because it's his job or he just now has it all on his plate and it makes his job harder. And then the fan bases are, it, they, they're going to have to displace this anger somewhere. And like there's going to like They don't have podcasts to yell on like what, Robbie. What Matt, what, Matt, what Matt just said. No, they, right. they got emails they're going to send. What Matt just you said is I think it. what matters right now. Yes. Regardless of how it went down, what played out behind the scene, what you said, Rod, the optics are yes. that Crystal Conte didn't get the job done. Regardless of how it played out and who was doing what. Yeah. What was no. the optics? And to Matt's point, you dangled Urban Meyer, and now somebody, everybody wants somebody to blame. This fan base, want, whose fault was Who's it? Fault was who it? didn't yeah. get this done? It was Mac Brown's and fault. It's it was Charlie's fault. Knowing, the, fault. Donors, knowing yeah. that the money guy is kind of lurking in the shadows. Mm-hmm. The most visible person who is involved directly or not in those conversations is Chris Del Conte. Therefore, that's where their anger is going to be directed. You're damn right. That's a great. He's like Roger Goodell. Oh, the, yeah. bo- the owners yeah. are making the decisions, but who did everybody get mad at? Uh, Roger Goodell. Well, that's you why paid, you get paid the big bucks. You're a sacrificial lamb. Get on out there. Yeah. And my thing is, he should have at one point. And it should have been. It could have been. It could have been just a tweet. Remember? Yeah. They were, Brian Davis was asking for a tweet for guys. Hey man, just tweet out some support. You know, people think that you're not supporting it when you don't even tweet out about your coach and you're on the winning streak. But you tweet out about the coach you just hired. Like, I mean, you, you, I mean, Horns Two Four Seven had a you know Chip Brown report where they the other coaches threw him under the damn Tom Herman under the damn bus. Yeah. Dude, you you. Everything was leading to where this guy's gone. And he still may be gone. But right now, the conversation is now swinging back to Tom Herman might be here. It's like, what the Oh, you know how angry the, the You thought what we had a happened? angry fan base before. Thank you. Now you now and now you got this man. I'm, I'm, mad, I'm mad for Tom Herman. Now it's like, dude, Tom Herman's like, now you got a lame duck coach who you just gonna you gonna trot out there for next year potentially yeah. with recruiting drying up. Big money b- b- boosters and donors upset, so money drying up. What? Are you serious? Yeah, I think I think you're at a position now. Dude, you are asking for I think, I uh, think it's crossfire about to hit hurricane. You yeah, you about to get a crossfire hurricane, I, bro. I Category do. six. <laughs> I think you're in a position where I think the only way Crystal Conte saves us and the only way this fan base is happy is I, I think, never. I think, you, have never to, I think you have to get rid of Tom Herman. I think you're. I think you're at that point, Rod. I don't know that you have a choice you might because do that? because we we talked about like like bringing Tom Herman back for 2021. Like regardless, forget wins and losses and and all that stuff. Forget what the record is, right? Just all the optics you just laid out and that we talked about and that we've written about on the site. We've written about it at Horns 24/7. Other sites, other publications have chronicled it. If through all this, if the answer is yeah, we'll just run it back with Tom Herman and the same <laughs> staff in 21. Then well, our fan base then, is gonna be well, so mad. Then why do why do why do we even go through what we went through in the last six weeks? Agreed. I'm with you. I'm with, and I think it. I think you just hurt Tom Herman. You hurt his ability oh, now yeah. to do his job. This season, you have you been. That's the reason why the recruiting's you, bad is because of yeah. uncertainty that isn't even there. If Del Conte you're, says something, you're tw- and, your 2022 class is shot. Like it's yeah. Like it, it's Texas. I, I've said this all the time, Rod. You've heard me say this, Matt. You have too. We talked about it. Like, you're the flagship school in the state. You're always going to get some good players. Mm-hmm. Just by default, just because of where you are. But the the difference makers, and we're seeing that in the 21 and the 22 classes, the Brockermeyer twins, uh, the guys like Quinn Ewers, guys like that, you're not, not getting those kind of guys. Mm-mm. Not those five stars. No, the, guy, the guys that, that Nick Program Saban changes. and Ryan Day yeah. and Dabo Swinney and Lincoln Riley want, 
You ain't getting those guys. You ain't getting those guys. And which makes coaching. You might get, a, you might get one or two of them. But, yeah. But not, not the, the number you're going to need to be able to, to win championships. Totally yep. agree. And, and it's because of the situation is put Texas there because we've seen, like with Tom Herman, with Charlie Strong, like we just said, it's Texas. You get recruits. T- Tom Herman's had three consecutive top yeah. ten classes, and even though that class has fallen apart, it's still far from being filled up, and we've seen you know waves of momentum in the future just to look at the way that recruiting is. Texas going to get players now it may be a down year for Texas recruiting overall in theory, but it all goes back to one thing. The fans pulling these strings in the situation that now, mm-hmm. like, they're – and we've been talking about wanting leadership, and we've uh, liked the improved leadership, perhaps. Like, it has I mean, There isn't a Patterson. It it's, oh, yeah, Del Conte, pretty good. Doing a really good career before yeah. Texas. Tom Herman, pretty good. Really good career before Texas. And, like, you have all these situations, and it all sort of comes back to the same situation in, like – there's a huge fan base, and it may not be right. It's just when you look at the evidence and look at how it goes, the fan situation really pulls a lot of the uh, the, it, the tide all mm-hmm. the way across the board. Oh, yeah. And unless you have a transcendent winner or leader or catch lightning in the bottle, yeah. it's going to be really hard to ever get over it. I mean, Mac to Brown was going to be box. fired until the yeah. lightning all came together in yep. the bottle the year after he exactly lost five right. in a row to Oklahoma. Exactly and, like, right. it's I don't see that coming soon. And this is that cycle that Texas has always been in. And we were like, all right, we're going to finally get some continuity. But, like— Maybe if you're going to talk about, well, how could Texas be better next season? Keeping Tom Herman might be a good idea, but that's no long-term foresight. If you're trying to rebuild, it's uprooting everything again. The fan base doesn't want to lose again. They're mm-hmm. not that coach is going to have even a, Urban Meyer, a guaranteed yes, exactly, winner. Yeah. and that coach isn't going to be able to turn it. I don't care who they get, who they get. Yeah, they, I yep. they, if you do it, prove me wrong. Please do so. I will be so happy if we can get that to happen. But it ain't going to happen in the first or second year. So you're going to have to expect a short-term step back for long-term gains and patience. And those things don't come with Texas. So it goes back to the same thing, that when you have this fervor, the anger, the passion, the love, and then you need to win, but we're going to have another wave of this tide. It's going to make it even harder if there is another guy. He's going to have that opening wave. He can get that recruiting class fixed for 2022. But if it isn't there quickly, we've already seen it. We came in, we were sitting there in Onion Creek Studios. I remember we theorized, well, Herman ain't getting fired after this year. We're going to see what's going to happen. It's a COVID year. We said it in, Mm -hmm. like, I think April. I wanted to listen back to the exact date. But we were like, oh, well, you know, the way this thing's playing out, we're going to be happy just to see some football in the fall. And then everything's, you know, really going well when you look on the art compared to previous coaches and then this happens and it could be really really bad going forward or well, if you could find somebody a diamond in the rough you might get that right guy but it's gonna be hard to try to find one somewhere again the only the only situation maybe there's another one but the one that immediately came to mind that that even comes close to what texas is dealing with you go back to 2003 with auburn and auburn i think they were preseason let me see if i can find it they were preseason top three top five Something like that. Let yeah, Tuberville. Yeah, we it. remember yeah. the year they, they were all oh, yeah. preseason yeah. number six. They yeah, were preseason that. number six, and I remember Carlos Dansby and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I forget the linebacker's name, but they were like on the cover of ESPN, the magazine. Everybody's thinking, "Oh man, Auburn's Auburn's going to go win a national title." They host USC for the opener. They get rocked. They finish eight and five. But that was the year that some Auburn boosters were trying to kind of back channel the deal to get Bobby Petrino 
from Louisville. <laughs> that was and wow. everybody kind of got caught with their pants down, and that not deal got blown up. So Auburn's like, well, I mean, are you, like, are you really going to run it back with Tommy Tupperville? Well, like, I, I guess so. They ran it back with Tupperville. My God, go to the guy. next year, and mm. Auburn's thirteen and zero wins the SEC and came yeah. percentage points away from playing for a national championship. The difference at Texas is. You guys look on this roster next year and see four first round picks, Mm-mm. like Auburn had. No, and a, and a guy in, in Jay Ratliff, even though he went in the seventh round, was an All SEC guy and was eventually a Pro Bowler. No, you're actually losing your best players. Mm-hmm. This losing, you're losing through, basically you're losing about three of your top that's five why, best players on the team I think, right now. I, that's why I think, guys. I think that I think you you have to move on from Tom Herman because this this deal right now, like yeah. The game was what it was Saturday, and if they if they end up playing that Kansas game, which the the TV money tells you they're going to make every effort possible to play that game, yeah. whether it's this Saturday or not, mm-hmm. this deal with Tom Herman it has a very much like a and I've thought this felt this about Tom Herman for a while because it's been trending this way. It feels very Butch Jones at Tennessee Ooh. to me. You know, Not that bad, but yeah. No, it, it, you're talking about the situation. Well, just the trajectory, like because mm-hmm. like Butch Jones, I think he was four and eight his first year, but then in a couple of really good recruiting classes, I think Tennessee had like an eight win season, People a nine win season, and yeah. then and then it kind of plateaued, and he ends up getting fired in the, the middle of his last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady Hoke at Michigan, they his first year they go like what eleven and two, win the Sugar Bowl. I remember that, and it was downhill from there. Yeah, uh, Tom Herman's tenure has kind of started to feel like that to me, where. It looks like you've got it going, and then it just doesn't. And this was the down year for the Big 12. Let's not forget, gentlemen. And the up is... year for Texas because next year it's <laughs> right. going to be a lot harder. So what it say in theory, right. say you this were was... to bring back Herman. Somehow you run it back, and then now he has to overachieve with less talent just to appease and possibly go, I mean, 11-1, and one, you don't get canned. Anything less than that, you probably no. do. So it'd be a lame duck coach with a tougher situation. It'd be even more unfair to him to have those higher expectations in that job, but eh, that's right. They'd be trying to convince Sam to stay if he, if oh, he yeah. comes back. Whoever is coming. T- if t- yeah, whoever comes here, they, they number one job like try to get Sam to stay. Then we really back. are. That's the one biggest year, thing. If, if you're yeah. back with Tom Herman, then we really are 2013 all over again where it, it doesn't need to be said. You need to go win the Big 12 or you're going to be out of a job. Yep, and hit the grad transfer market, and get all the every, veteran grad transfers and, and COVID transfers for a new coach and again. Sam. And then yeah. every every game is going to be a referendum game. And we're going to be we're, we're, we're right back on the hamster wheel, Rod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the three-game winning streak, we got to get off the wheel. We need to quit doing the podcast and maybe Texas will go back to being good. The second Seriously. we started doing it, it just started going back. And it's starting to sound a, a lot alike, too. Every three years, we got to go to the same I even I feel like I'm, I'm working for a site that we launched in August of 2010. Oh, y'all <laughs> yeah. are what's wrong with Texas. I've, as 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 profitable yeah, as profitable as our site has been, as Think good as that. it's been, I don't know what it's like to run a site when Texas is good. Damn right, it's a great point. <laughs> great point. Thank God I got into radio like longer. right around '09. Like I got, got a couple I got a, years. I got a year. I got a year. I got a couple I years of it. Good yep. years. I was the recruiting guy at Inside Texas when I was telling Mike Roach. He's like, "What was it like covering recruiting during Mac and the Hayden? I was like. I was pretty much done by April. <laughs> yeah, Mac Brown right. said, "Yeah, we went twenty five for 25, 25 I mean, that, offers, 25 commits. Yeah, that, hey, that twenty ten cycle, like the only guys I was I was really reporting anything on during the summer, it was like Jordan Hicks, Jackson Jeffcoat, easy, Demarco five Cobbs, stars. easy money. I only had to cover the Mike Davis recruitment yeah. for like a week. Yeah, because that thing came together in the fall. Like it was, 
I was like, it was it was fun. Now Mike Roach is hustling. Huh? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Feb- Feb- February to like like Small Valentine's family. Day to Easter was a mother, but after that, man, yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I could go play golf in the summer if I wanted to. Yeah. Now you know yeah. how much golf I play now? Mm-hmm. Not very much. Yeah. No, it is. It's uh, it's the same. Like I said, and and if you want to get out of that, you want to break that cycle, right? They say the the definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You, if you if you keep Tom Herman around, it's very likely that you're going to end up, as you pointed out, kind of in that referendum game by game situation, where it's like, yeah, if he don't win the Big Twelve this year, then we're going to get rid of him. It's like, well, you were just here last year, so why not just expedite the process? Right. Mm-hmm. You're already, you're hopefully, you already have, you're already in the middle of it. I mean, you you in Urban Myers where you were obviously your top priority was Urban Meyer, and that's where most of the interest lied. But hopefully. I think it was being reported that there are contingency plans being explored as well. Yeah. And that you are looking seriously at some of those contingency plans, especially if Urban Meyer was, I'm not saying just kind of being on the hook there, but if he wasn't sure, if you knew that Urban Meyer wasn't sure and he told you no initially, as Chip Brown reported, and then you kind of went back with a second push, you should have known by then, all right, guys, we got to figure out number two, three, four, and five. I'll give Crystal Conte the benefit of the doubt from this standpoint, Rod. We Chip's reported and we've talked about it like, hey, everybody needs to kind of get their heads wrapped around the fact that Tom Herman might be back for 2021, even mm-hmm. though we thought that was Lewis looking like a done deal. That's an option. I'll give Chris Del Conte the benefit of the doubt on saying maybe he's just going to let Tom Herman finish out the regular season and everybody just knows the deal already. Could and be. then there, and maybe that's his plan. Maybe okay, let's let's let this urban thing play out. Whenever that decision's made, it's because I, I guarantee you. If Urban Meyer had called Chris Del Conte Friday night mm-hmm. and said, I'm taking the job, Tom Herman's last game as Texas head coach is Saturday. Okay. Yeah. It, it was that it was that win over Kansas. State. I agree with that. And well, there's probably an announcement Sunday morning. It's, it's kinda like I went back and looked at the timeline. There I was like a the five room. there was a five hour difference between Texas announcing Charlie Strong had been fired and Tom Herman had been hired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They knew you would have seen that same thing play out on Sunday. Yeah. They knew they had the guy already. So and, and this isn't me going off of sources. This is just me reading the tea leaves and putting things together and what I think is probably going to happen. I think they're going to let Tom Herman finish out the regular season whenever it ends. Who knows? I mean, hell, maybe they're playing in Lawrence next Wednesday. Hell, I don't know. Bowl game point. too? Or just regular season? I think regular season. Okay. Uh, because uh, bowl game, I mean, the, the result of the bowl game is inconsequential at that point. You just want the practices. Mm-hmm. And, hell, you can have Chris Ash and Stan Drayton run practices. That, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't matter. Agreed. Uh, but that's kind of maybe that's Chris Del Conte's plan to say, look, just let Tom Herman finish out the regular season. Let's say let's say the game against Kansas gets played on Saturday. Then you have the meeting on Sunday and announce it that you're making the coaching change, and then the search starts. Is it ideal? Oof. No, because the early signing period starts yeah. uh, a week from Wednesday. Not ideal. Yeah, but, it's tough. No, but I mean, what the hell is ideal about this anyway? So. Well, like Del Conte Nothing, gets exactly. Paid so on the front Nothing. end to do those things though, to where like either know the room and know if you really have a shot with Urban, because if you're keeping quiet, you got to be really confident that you're going to get something. Mm-hmm. If you aren't keeping quiet, you're the one that has to carefully figure out how to word the tweet or whatever to just calm down the fan base about exactly. the situation and make it not go so far that you got now them pulling the strings in in charge and the you know the, the carts ahead wagging the dog yes the carts ahead yeah. of the horse or whatever yeah. you're going to say in yeah. those situations and when it gets that wild well now that's on your plate 
and that may be even way more to deal with than it would have been just carefully phrasing out something like, well, you know, Tom Herman's our guy. We love our Texas Longhorns, and we're always going to be committed it's, to winning, and yeah. there nothing less than that will be allowed at the University of Texas well, going forward. You know, just something like that no, that think, can indicate I, it. I think, I think Jeff's right. I think Jeff may be on to something here, and— because I agree, I think I think CDC is a smart man. Yeah, he's, he could have just retweeted something from Texas football, and it and, and it would have made the the headlines for two four seven sports and also the American States. And people were like, "All right, he did retweet. He did retweet mm-hmm. the Texas football team, so I think he's okay." You know, because yeah. we were we, before this we're month, Del Conte had been like a perfect AD yeah, in his whole career. Yeah, same with Tom Herman before the past all that kind of stuff. So I I think the fact that he didn't, the fact that he was radio silent essentially on mm-hmm. social media and about uh Tom Herman it does say that he was he, he I think he's going way past the point of no return I do I think he's he's already made his mind up now how that search is going right now and if he's got he zeroed in on his candidates or if he knows who his candidate is right now I don't know has that search officially started I do think it has but maybe it won't go public public officially like you said, Jeff, until the season is done, right. and then it's like, no, 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 we're we're done with Tom Herman, and we're actually, you know, we're open for business. Because Texas looking for a head coach. Here's something to keep in mind. This is just one of those things that I've, I've got filed in the back of my mind that I'm always conscious of. I think Chris Del Conte wants this football because I've heard this about the South End Zone project, mm-hmm. and I believe this about the program, and I I think this is how Chris Del Conte is looking at it. He wants this program to be in the best position it can possibly be when Alabama rolls in here in 2021. Damn right. He mm-hmm. wants that. He wants facilities finished. He wants mm-hmm. top-notch facilities. He wants a top-notch coach. Game he wants day's a top-notch coming. program. He wants to put mm-hmm. a product on. He wants the nation to see the facilities upgrades, and he wants the nation to see a product that can compete with a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team. Damn right. Right now you ain't And I think <laughs> Pretty close. That, that's why I think – you you make the move and Crystal Conte's got to go. It, 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 if it's not Urban Meyer, it, Crystal Conte, like you said, Rodney's a smart AD, and, and I, I've heard he kind of operates this way. I don't know if he structures it, but I mm-hmm. you heard the Lost Dogs talk about this year ago, years ago. Every AD has a list. You better. You know, if your coach suddenly you aren't comes a good to AD you, if, you don't. Yeah. you know, if Mac Brown had come to Dallas in like 2007 and said, "Dallas, of my doctor found a heart issue, I, I can't coach anymore." Like you got to have a list ready to go mm-hmm. if something like that happens. Yep. So you always got to have a list. I think Crystal Conte has a list. Of course he does. And probably multiple lists. There's mm-hmm. the there's the, the the list of, like you said, Rod, I'm, I'm going to call Kyle Shanahan knowing what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah. there's that list. There's the, eh, maybe if things go right, we'll see how it goes. Then there's the, all right, I know we can get these can get guys. These guys yeah. And then there's the. There's a list no AD wants to go to. The <laughs> OS list. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> this is my I get fired list. This is the, one, it's yeah. the I get fired as an AD list. Yeah. This is the this is the I, this is the I better hope I'm hiring hiring Lincoln Riley and not Charlie Strong. Yeah. And those lists by the way are longer Bob at a place like TCU Strong. and they're much shorter at Texas. Right. Each mm-hmm. of them. They're really short. Mm-hmm. About the guys you can bring in here at Texas and people not lose their effing minds. Yes. Yeah. Let's, and let's they just, all are gonna because Urban said no now. Yeah. yeah, let's just throw let's just throw some names out there just because that's that's let's what do we're it. doing. Spitball. Um, we've heard Mario Cristobal's name get mentioned. That do anything for you guys? Mm. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Mm. Mm. Two two things about Mario Cristobal intrigue me. I don't think he's me. a bad coach, but I don't know how great he could be. Two yeah. things two things about him intrigue me. One, he's an old line guy. 
Mm-hmm. And good Lord, you got to fix that online problem that's been going on this program for 15 years now. It's true. Look good versus K State. Did. <laughs> Crystal Ball's an online guy. I like that. And he'll, at Texas, he'll recruit like a mother. I have no question. No, there's no doubt. No doubt about that in my mind. Okay. Uh, let's, let's throw, I want to throw two group of five names out there. And I know Texas fans here, group of five coach. They say, no. They no. Does Luke Fickle do anything for you guys? I love Luke Fickle, though. I'm a big Luke Fickle fan. Okay. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he has enough luster and star power for Texas fans. They're not yeah. going to get that high. Oh, they're going to be so mad they'll see six and seven and think it's all his fault that year. And yeah, the- like the, he'll he'll have so much working against him because he just won't have enough positive momentum. And I is he and I heard he's a he's a good recruiter. Yeah, well, considering so. considering Charlie Strong and Tom Herman were from the Urban Meyer tree, does the fact that he's from the Urban Meyer coaching tree just does that automatically just eliminate Luke Fickle in the minds of a lot of Longhorn fans? No, it's a lot of no, that's a lot of great coaches from Urban Meyer. Dan Mullen from that Urban no, Meyer. Yeah, tree. But, if that's a, a modern <laughs> conception. Then those Texas fans need to change their mind. That thing that just, logically makes no sense. Just throwing it out there. Just, throw just it saying. Out there. No, some people feel like mind. that about the Texans. Some people feel like the Texans need to go away from the Belichick tree because they've been so they've been so. Mm-hmm. with being the Belichick, you know, the Patriots of the South. And right. it's like, well, you ain't even close. The one go, good, another, go to another model. One thing on the help fickle would be, like, he's one of the few that's been a head coach. He was an interim situation, but at a huge school. Very few people have any experience like that. So True. a big job like Texas, which that is something that has to be acknowledged and has been an issue for coaches to acknowledge in the past, would mm-hmm. be the one thing I would say benefiting him that others, his peers that are contending for this job, maybe haven't done. The other group of five name that intrigues me because he has worked for Dabo Swinney, he has worked for Nick Saban, is Billy Napier. Mm. I'm intrigued by Billy Napier. I'm not saying Billy Napier should be the next head coach of Texas. Okay. I'm intrigued. All right. I don't mind that. I mean, none of those guys are going to. Yeah, Texas would hate it. CDC can't afford to do that because the truth is, if you do hire one of those guys, and I'm not saying they're bad coaches, uh, they may end up being great coaches, but you are rolling the dice. And if you do get an average coach again, a Herman. All right, don't call them a Herman around here. You get a Herman, another Herman. And by the way, Herman is an upgrade over a, a Charlie. Because a yep. Charlie, right? Yep. Mm. I'll take a Herman over Ooh. a Charlie any day, all day. Ooh. Okay, yeah. exactly. Oh, but if you go, you go Charlie, then a Herman, and then try, hire another Herman or another Charlie after that, dude, you're, you're Nebraska. You're going to be, then you're Tennessee. Then it's because official. The Herman you machine. might as well yeah. just hang it up. You're done. I mean, you, you know what I mean? You, you put yourself so far behind that you. You, you basically either have to hire the next young, great coach and just give them five, six years to make over the program, or you got to go try to go get another Urban Meyer type or a Dabble Sweeney, a guaranteed winner. I don't yeah, because all those fit, are tough propositions. A coach like a Herman that's always been able to do more with less, but not necessarily when you get to Texas, what are you going to be able to do there? It, a lot of the time in the coaching things, when you look at how guys failed, it was one of those situations where, yeah, you're really good with that situation, but this is a whole other animal on the higher level with different type players and situations. What about James Franklin? No. No, he's a he's, great he's a great salesman. Yes, he's he's uh, if you want a nice guy PC version of Tom Herman, then you get Franklin. I think Herman's better than Franklin. Do you really? I, well, in the middle of the, I don't think there's much difference if there is. I, like I haven't been impressed with Franklin. Okay. I think her, I think Franklin might be a slightly better coach, but I'm with you. I don't think there's a, a huge difference between the two. Yeah, it really is yeah. not that big a difference yeah. between the two. I, I think. He's I think just Franklin, the nice guy to the media. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> kind of well, what kind of what you were saying, Matt. That was my that was my initial thought. I think James Franklin 
is a better personality fit for the mm. Texas job than Tom Herman. Yeah. But as far as, you know, and actually, we talked about this, what? talked about this last week after the Iowa State game. Like, there are too many good coaches in this league. Like, you've got to give yourself a schematic advantage coaching in this mm-hmm. league. Yeah. yeah. What Franklin did at Vanderbilt, sort of like what Herman at Houston situation. Like, he, Play point. you know, that's where he's at. Which, which brings me to. And then he was 0 5 at Penn State. A candidate yeah. in the league. What do you guys think about Matt Campbell? I love Matt Campbell. Yeah. He's I good. love Matt Campbell. You know how to feel about that guy. Pro- great problem solver. Um, love what he and John Heacock put together with, you know, that, that three safety D for that midfield safety and that inverted Tampa two as Ian Board. I, I love that stuff. I do. I think I think he's I think he's a hell of a coach. The three tight end sets that you throw out there that you love so much, Jeff. I think he is a I think it'll look different at Texas, but I think he's just a, a great uh, problem-solving coach, so I think he'll come in here and be able to solve a lot of the problems that Texas has right now. It may take him a little while, um, but he does more with less. That's no question about that. Here's the thing about Matt Campbell, and this is why it, it let and I, I don't I don't know as we sit here right now and record this on Monday morning. I, I don't know enough about the situation yet from what our sources have said at Horns Twenty Four Seven to know who. Candidate B, C, and D, R. I think that's still getting sorted out. But if it is Matt Campbell, and you know the money, the money guys are behind Matt Campbell, and they're telling Crystal Conte, "Hey, the money's here, go make it happen." That's something you need to jump on pretty quick because I think it could end up being a race between Texas and Michigan to get Matt Campbell. I've heard Iowa State fans say, well, you know, Matt Campbell's going to hold out Ohio State's his dream job. Do you think Ohio State's opening in the next 10 to 15 years? No way. <laughs> no. No way. Unless Ryan Day gets to the point where he decides, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to go try my hand in the NFL. No way. It's not. It's, Ohio State's not coming open. Mm-mm. Got no shot. And sorry, Iowa State fans, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you know, my brother's one of the biggest Baylor fans I know. The same thing I told him and any Baylor fans that would listen last year. Matt Rule's done a nice job in Waco. He probably says some really nice things about living in Waco. Baylor's not a job you stay at forever. Mm-mm. If you're if you're an A, if you're a, if you're great as a football coach, is an A. I agree. I, Iowa State's not. You don't stay in Ames forever. No. If you do, you end up like Dan McCarney, where at some point it falls off a table, and you're like, how the hell did I go from? Setting records and now I'm out of a job. <laughs> Unless like Matt Campbell's the yep. one unique unicorn and he's you're, that D he's like a D three D lineman that just loves your Paul your Paul Rhodes. How, <laughs> yeah. how come how come thirty six months ago everybody's mentioned me for power five jobs? Now I'm out of a job. Yep. Stay too long. Yeah. Gotta know when to leave. Mm-hmm. No I'm with you. I think Matt Campbell's going it, after this year. I don't know if it's Michigan. I don't know if it's gonna be Texas, but he's leaving. Sorry, there you I'll go. Say it. It's a race it's there. Done. Yeah, and you don't want to get. I mean, yeah. that'll tell you a lot about the brand too. If you lose Matt Campbell to Michigan, I know that he's probably he's more of a oh, Midwest guy anyway. Mm-hmm. But still, that'd say a lot. Yeah, that'd say a lot about the brand. Yeah, that would be no good for the brand. And that's also something worth pointing brand. out, though, too. Like some years, there isn't a huge top ten program needing a coach. So yeah. if you are one of those, you get the pick of the litter, and you're good to go. There actually might be two this year with sure. Texas and Michigan. Yeah, I mean, that definitely will be with Michigan. Well, it should have already been. I can't <laughs> believe it. I've been be saying that for two years, and oh, he hasn't man. been fired yet. So I don't know oh, who, what's going. Well, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. When Schefter's tweeting about it, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, then yeah, he's a Michigan guy. Yeah, I just think, I just think Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell's proven to be the kind of coach I expected Tom Herman to be. You know what I mean? I like oh that. yeah, I like that. Like I watch Iowa. I, I watch Iowa fun. State. 
And yet, look, they lost to Louisiana first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's something Campbell's got to get figured out. Why has he not been very good in openers? Because yeah. look at his track record. They Just like Herman, openers. literally. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, so, that's something it's to consider. It's very weird. But I watch Iowa State, and I see them more weeks than not. They're, they're pretty buttoned up. They're disciplined. Mm-hmm. More often than not, they tackle well. Uh, Matt Campbell's been really good head-to-head against Lincoln Riley, either yeah, yeah. straight up or against the spread. He reminds me of what so. would be between Herman and Matt Rule. You know, like if you could take the good qualities uh, of Matt Rule and yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, got some of that. I would take – I can I can get with you on that, yeah, Matt, because I, yeah. I would definitely take Matt Rule oh, over Matt Campbell. I love Matt Rule yeah. all day. Every I'd day. give Matt him the Rule's... urban money. He's the only other coach out there that people are like, oh, well, now yeah. what are you going to give the money or what? It's like, man, I would throw the whole bank at him. Like we said, Matt Rule. Carolina money. did. Yeah, Man. Carolina members, they, get, yeah. they made him like one of the highest paid coaches in the league. They love him. <laughs> it's funny, like, you, you know, cool. now you hear Matt Rule talking, you know, Joe Brady, he hired Joe Brady as his OC, and he was talking about he wanted, he's been eyeing Joe Brady for a long oh, time. Wow, yeah. Uh, speaking of evaluate, we always talk about Matt Rule's one of the best talent evaluators in football. Zach Wilson, who's probably going to be a Heisman finalist, got himself in, the first, in, in a position to be first round pick from BYU. You know, Zach Wilson had one Power Five offer. You know who it was from? Rule. Baylor, I'm not surprised. No, nope. honestly, Damn if we're gonna, rule, <laughs> if we need to find, if we're talking about finding the the Lincoln Riley guy, and I know this guy has never really had anything close to po- program running or team running or head coaching, but Joe Brady might be that guy. If you went out a, out Joe of Brady's nowhere guy to that, yeah. roll the dice on because he can connect with young kids, it's like the same reason you would call Cliff. Not only are you talking to a great offensive mm-hmm. mind and can be led in the right direction. But if we're talking about connecting with college kids and people wanting to come play for a video game offense that's going to be prolific and awesome and fun and work well and align with modern-day kids, those are the two dudes that are the dudes you call to at least hear who they like to see too. But Joe Brady could be the one that – that's a super roll of the dice, but who knows? I love Joe Brady. Zach Wilson did have a couple more Power 5 offers. Cal, Minnesota, some other guys offered him. Mm-hmm. Yes, Matt Rule. But Matt Rule, though. Matt mm-hmm. Rose, Matt we saw Rose it. On him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the Joe Brady thing intrigues me a lot, but again, like he we just talked fits about, the you Lincoln just, profile. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you just, can't take the chance now because of the way you, the, the state of the program. You can't take that chance. Oh yeah, making him come to this. <laughs> well, just because he's a first-time head coach, exactly. Too, that's what I'm saying. Just, like yeah, it, it, it just being be, an offensive mastermind, never heading any he, head coach situation. If Joe, he was if an Joe Brady, if Joe Brady was going to take a big-time Power Five job, I would think it would have to be LSU. If they decided to move on from Ed Orgeron at some point, because Joe Brady's been there, he helped him win a national championship. It's, a, it's an easier sell to an LSU fan base than it is to, to, yes, to it Texas is. fan base. Great point. I agree with that. So we talked about uh, the coaching situation on the 40, uh, the COVID situation. There's not a whole lot to report. Three mm-hmm. student athletes, uh, two staff members tested positive, unfortunately, because of the I guess the incubation period, those people were in the travel party that went to Kansas State. So football activity has been shut down uh, at least until testing on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, maybe there's been some movement on that front, but uh, we shall see uh, as far as that goes. But uh, let's get to the game real quick and just kind of show you where we're at right now. We're we're going to cover a 38-point win in about five minutes. Uh, That's how much fans care about it. Yeah, Rod – Let's start with the offense because this game is pretty easy to talk about. Um, it was dominant running attack. <laughs> it's it's as it's every bit as 
frustrating as it is impressive. Agreed. Because if you watch the opening drive, hmm. this is what we talked about all off season and throughout the season that the offense should be. Do you realize what, your first, open up the what your first two plays from scrimmage were? And this is just like, and I posted in the game thread at Horse 24-7, I was like, we didn't talk about it long enough, better late than never, I guess. You send Jake Smith in orbit motion, you throw him a little bubble on the outside, and then you come back with a tunnel screen to Jordan Whittington. Mm-hmm. Getting the ball in the hands of those guys in space where they didn't can make they, something I think they ran a, didn't they, they ran a screen like to Bijan, like an old school screen. At one point, I thought, or him to Rojo, I thought, early in the game, too. It was yeah, early in the game. Early in the game, they were like a, I'm talking about like an old school yeah. screen, just a yes. regular screen. But those those yes. are the first two plays. It was, the, it was, it was the, but I know I'm just yeah. like, but they they did a lot of things that were like hey, mm-hmm. Pat. They passed to open up the run. I think the first what they 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 ran it all in the first drive. They didn't yeah. run they, oh. on, on the goal line. They ran to score. Yeah, Bijan Bijan's 12 yard touchdown run was the first. Uh, it was the first run. First hey, pass to open up the run right quick high percentage passes get Sam in the groove. Help out uh, and help out an offensive line that you you knew was going to struggle. You knew was going to struggle. It's been, it, it, it's it been struggling used, all year. Used a ton of RPOs to help neutralize their defensive pass rush to make them have to either uh, defend the run and the pass at the same time. All those concepts. They, they did like I would say three RPOs in the first yeah. three or four RPOs in the first two drives. Uh yeah, I think something the two, like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the two he hit, I think the Eagles had two catches on the first drive. I think both of those were RPOs. RPOs. Yeah, so help with you and just and give the ball more to Bijan Robinson. Yes, also right. works. Feed the rock to your stars. <laughs> oh yeah, focus. Fo- make sure you focus the offense around your best playmakers. They did that too. So I don't. I mean, it's yeah. So it's it's a very dissatisfying win. I'm happy for the players because they played for each other. They played for the pride on the mm-hmm. name on the front of the jersey, name on the back. I'm happy for them because they did. They showed a lot. Yeah. I'm really sad for Derek Kerstetter. My yeah. prayers to Derek Kerstetter. Right. That was horrible. Um, I was I was I was having to run an errand, unfortunately, because I just had a Friday from hell with my wife's car breaking down. So I was on my way to go pick it up and listening to it on the air. And mm-hmm. Craig and Roger were like getting choked up on the air. It was horrible. Calling it and. Against my better judgment, I went back and watched it and, oh, and wish I hadn't. Yeah, it was horrific. Yeah. But actually, it was, I mean, it turns out it was just what, a dislocated, dislocated ankle? ankle yeah. So I, I thought it was going to be something much the worse. So I'm happy. Karis Levert action. The, the dislocated looked, ankle is the, that's what I had hoped when I saw Dak's injury, that yeah. it was a dislocated ankle, not a compound fracture, because <laughs> it just comes he up. Was, but uh, I learned about that. And he, the NBA, Karis Levert came back in the same season, less yeah. than three months well, out from that injury, which Kurt, is good Kurt, for Kurt. Kurt Stutter was, was, was able to fly home with the team. They yeah. got it. They got the, the, they got it reduced at the hospital. He was able to fly home with the team. So. Good. Actually, I don't know if y'all saw the video. See, he he was able to come back and be a part Sing. of Texas fight in the locker room. Yeah, I saw that after surgery. They all they all kind of gathered around like the like it's the, I've kind of seen the K State locker room. It's tiny. They yeah. got a little <laughs> well, the like training a little room closet is. that's yeah. like the training room, and he's in there, and everybody's kind of gathered around facing the closet, and they do Texas fight. So that's feel, it's a nice feel good moment. Well, it, was just, it, it, it kind of shows that they did it. They were doing it for each other, right? They were playing for each other, and, and I know that's s- one thing to commend Herman and the staff in this team for. It's like despite all the noise, that's actually been the constant uh, later in the year. You would have liked to have had that happen early in the year, but to see how well they performed, it's, it's still, like we're saying, you're doing it at the last game of the season, and it's following well, this rhythm. And we don't know rhythm. how much. It we follows the Her- Herman pattern. Yeah, but we don't know. How, it does. I totally agree. Because yes. we, we don't know how much K-State cared, right? At one point, yeah. I, I was watching the game, and I'm like, all right, K-State doesn't give a damn anymore. They and really they just don't. aren't that good. They could they care just... less. Well, they're better than that. They're better than that, than what we saw. They're one of the better D-lines in the Big 12, and at one point, 
they they stopped caring. I think after I think after the Bijan seventy five yard touchdown, mm-hmm. I think that they was they pretty much laid it down. Heart rip out because it's thirty eight seventeen at that point. Yeah, and, I mean other than other than Deuce Vaughn and Malik Knowles, that they got that's nothing. why I'm, I'm amazed Chris Kleiman won four games with this roster. Like other than Deuce Vaughn and Malik Knowles and uh, White Hubert didn't have his best game. Those are the only two guys that look like they could be on the same field with Texas. Which is why I didn't understand, and Chris Ash must be stubborn. At one point, when they started putting like Deuce Vaughn in a slot, hmm. and, or anytime they would pass the ball, why didn't you just double Malik Knowles and Deuce Vaughn? Because all they wanted to do was get That's Deuce Vaughn matched up on Overshone, which they did like three times. They would go empty. And it, you know the quarterback can't throw accurately downfield. Mm-hmm. Just give Overshone some help. They were either going to go slot, they were either going to go to quick slant, or he's going to go a quick out. That's all they're going to do with Deuce. Um, so I don't understand that. And Malik Knowles was the only receiver they were throwing to in the passing game, pretty much. And it, that I, you know, I did my defensive grades rod uh, for the game at Horns twenty four seven. I gave the linebackers. I throw the Spurs in there. I, I gave them an F. Oh yeah, they yeah they got abused. That's all. I all the yardage Iowa State made was either using Malik Knowles and Deuce Vaughn to attack Texas at the second level in the pass game, or they credit. Uh, Courtney Messingham that I and that Kansas State staff they ran a lot of diamond formation a and diamond just said nice. hey the yep. only chance we're gonna have is we we just run a lot of misdirection and give blocks to set up and just hope Deuce Vaughn hmm. or Will Howard in the quarterback run game that one of y'all can find a misfit gap and hit it and, they, and Deuce found it yeah Deuce, Deuce is, is awesome he's unbelievable he'd be so good in the pros he's, he's so like good. a modern back like he really is and then his flaws something that'll make him be something that's undervalued so like he's not going to get drafted where he should even though then you'll see the, the Andy media production him. the way Andy Reid will draft him Andy yeah. Reid will be like I'm prioritizing oh yeah for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> I want two backs like that I want Clyde no more and no him. more Tyreek Hill yeah. in the fifth or sixth round type yeah. guys by and, that time Clyde was hilarious will be on end of his rookie deal so yeah you're done it was funny like seeing it happen as Texas fans it was like oh no Lock it. He's going to start game one for Seattle and ball out of control. And then we watch Sproles do it, well, and it's just like they can they can find those diamonds that do. are like if this dude was six foot tall, he'd be a five star. It's yeah. funny. It's funny because now a lot of Texas fans are. Why didn't Texas recruit Deuce Vaughn? Well, <laughs> go go back and and I love Chris Vaughn to death, but go back and read kind of why Texas had to dismiss Chris Vaughn and Chris. Yeah, probably, well, and then also Deuce Vaughn and said and then his fit. Deuce, Deuce, Deuce is five five, and at Texas. You know, that H position, okay, you got Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington. Exactly. And you just recruited the number one running back in the country. So it is just it is. not, yeah. Can't get them all. Uh, look, I think if I you think watch the okay. 70s, if you, you if you watch that game and you're more upset that Texas didn't recruit Deuce Vaughn than watching B. John Robinson saying, oh my God, this team has a franchise running back, then you're missing the You're point. just going to find something to complain about regardless. Yeah, you're missing the point. That guy's special. He had 145 <laughs> yards after contact in that game. He averaged 19.1 a carry. And Rod, that 75 yard touchdown, I mean, I'm not comparing him to this guy, but it Jamal Charles was the last running back Texas had that, that could make that. We saw Deontay Foreman do it at times, mm-hmm. but Jamal Charles was the last guy I saw that had the same kind of juice B. John Robinson does, where when he's got the ball in his hands yeah. and he gets to the second level, you hold your breath, you're thinking, oh my God, this could be it. He could he could pop this one. He it's his combination of speed and strength and size is just freakish, man. And he's got every I mean, he's got a repertoire of moves. He's got a spin move in there. He's got jump cuts in there. He's got mm-hmm. stiff arms in there. Exactly. When, he when knows I, when to use that stuff, too. You know, watching, and I got to watch it's him. Like he's only, a point guard. The, the only time I got back. to watch him, <laughs> the only time I got to watch him, and I'm glad I did because it kind of confirmed some things I saw on film, last year at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, which, by the way, that game and the Under Armour game won't be played this year. It's just mm. 2020. It's where we are. But 
I'd, I watch, I got to watch him go through drills. It was like, yeah. oh, you didn't get to see him kind of. No, I watched him go through drills. And my comparison for B. John Robinson has been Cedric Benson because Cedric Benson had some of the best feet I've ever seen and mm. just natural running instincts yeah. I've ever seen. B. John Robinson's got some of those same just natural running instincts. Like you said, Rod, it's, it's stuff you can't coach. Like you can coach a running back, oh, you need to make a jump cut, but there's a, there's a certain feel. To know when to use it. Exactly. But you know I mean? just, like, when you he knows when to use that yeah. stuff. All those crazy. said B skills inside the modern prototype where it's top-end speed, elite speed, and you have enough size to where you're somehow a deceptive 220 pounds, so you have the power yeah. and can then have the quickness and be even faster than a said B. Yeah, I mean, that's that yeah. was my biggest take, the two biggest takeaways. Well, three big takeaways. One was Bijan. Two, the offense just – as brushed as frustrating as it was, impressive. And then three, Jake Majors, chief among them. You got a lot of young guys, some you quality reps. You probably should have started Jake Majors at center. Derek Kirsten to play right tackle, and it looks like if you'd have done that, you might have been better off by the time you had to play Iowa State. And you know, what I mean, like he, that by then your offensive yeah. line would have been better. You can make that argument now. Yeah, and that's that's Dane coaching mistake. Yep, but that young man can play. <laughs> I was watching. I was. I, was, I told myself going in. I was like, I, I'm gonna try to keep from being pissed off if we get two drives into this game and Jake Majors looks really good. And by about the second series, I'm saying, damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is really rotate those guys throughout the year. I understand why you don't want to start a freshman center. Everybody gets that, right? But if you're rotating those guys, getting him, let's get him ten reps in the UTEP game, and let's get him fifteen reps in the next game, and let's try mm-hmm. to give him twelve to fifteen to twenty reps in the next game. And then by the time you get to the middle of the season. And a guy's playing 40, 50 reps for you at center, and then you can transition Kerstetter, who can play anything out of it. I'm just, that's a, you solve the problem, man. <laughs> solve the, you didn't solve the damn problem. And yet you were cross-training these guys for what are you cross-training them for? And yet you rotate everybody else out of the damn offense. You can offense get Kai Money reps, and you can get yeah. Jet Bush reps. <laughs> and Scholar. And all these guys are well, those but, are the those are the players, on, and that's a uh, Tom Herman hard worker. He sees a lot of so, himself in those type of players, so he wants to reward him. It's like, no, you're at Texas. He played wide receiver. Play your five star because he guys. played wide receiver. Play your five mm-hmm. star. That's what. But yeah, want. he sees himself in those type of shame. players. It's a damn shame. So you got quality quality day from Jake Majors. Andre Carriage played a lot in that game at left yeah. tackle. Jaron Thompson. Jaron Thompson had a pick and should have had two. He, I thought he played really good, mm-hmm. really well at safety. Uh, even though he struggled, Jalen Ford got quality reps at linebacker after Jawan Mitchell got ejected. So you just hope that those guys, that going back to the COVID issues, we wrap this up, you hope those guys can get back to practice so they can get more reps. Because Jawan Mitchell suspended for the first half of the Kansas game, whatever that thing yeah. gets played. I'd love to see what Jalen Ford looks like when he gets some time to be with the first team and, and work some things out. I so. agree with that. Again, we'll see what changes with this program next week. Man. It feels like the ongoing soap opera we've had for jam-packed years, podcast. Man. Oh, basically, the season <laughs> is just started. It's what? about to get really busy and crazy. Went a little long, but there's never anything wrong with that. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, be appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049 1019 AM twelve sixty streaming on the Horn app at the HornFM.com, where you can hear Rod be on the triple option each and every weekday from three to seven. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from ten to noon. And thanks to Matt, get our arc. Archives. Our classic interviews and shows are all on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to search Horns 24-7 Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, search Horns 24-7 Podcasts to get every edition of the flagship State of Recruiting and Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. 
You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.